This is Tom Bernard. Can't get enough of sports talk with Phil Mackey and Judd Zolgad? Tune in to the new Tom Bernard Show podcast Monday through Friday as Phil and Judd join me to discuss the latest sports headlines and whatever else comes to mind. Just download the Tom Bernard Show app wherever you get your podcasts or visit TomBernardShow.com. It's another way to get more from me and Judd talking sports and having fun with Tom, and it's all at your fingertips. Download the Tom Bernard Show app now and join the conversation. You're listening to a Score North podcast right now, and if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form, and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. These two guys have Minnesota sports flowing in their veins. Mackie and Judd on Score North and scorenorth.com. Reckless speculation. Reckless speculation. Yes. Happy Reckless Speculation Thursday to all who celebrate. This is a scoop session with our guy Darren Doogie Wolfson from the 5 Eyewitness News Sports Department and the Scoop Podcast where you can find his Glenn Taylor interview posted. That's the Scoop Podcast, Apple, Spotify, and uh, scorenorth.com. And then he joins us on this show and also on the Scornorth YouTube channel every Tuesday and Thursday. Doogie, what's going on, man? Happy Reckless Speculation Thursday to you and yours. Absolutely, Phil. Phil, who doesn't celebrate Reckless Speculation Thursday? Like, to me, if you oh, consume this segment, oh, oh, you'd be surprised. I've got, a long, I've got a long list of people, some whom I know, who don't celebrate Reckless Speculation Thursday. You know, Patrick Royce doesn't necessarily embrace Reckless Speculation Thursday. I will, I'm going to throw him under the bus. You know, back in the day, we used to do speculative talkers. What are you guys making uh, stuff up for? It's, it's reckless it's, speculation Thursday. It's not gonna happen. happen. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Never gonna happen. No matter. Still my favorite day of the week. We'll get it Patrick to come around at some point. Hey, let's yeah. flip the script on a conversation we've been having for weeks and weeks and weeks. The who are the Vikings going to trade conversation, which may or may not still be in play, depending on what happened to the Packers game. But if they beat the Packers and now they've completed the run back to 500 and they're going to be favorites in a bunch of games the next couple months, are they going to maybe buy on Tuesday? Like, are there, there's some names out there and we have not really entertained them because we're negative, you know, and uh, didn't think they would beat the 49ers. But like, if they get back to 500 and they're right in the thick of things, could they buy on Tuesday? Well, I mean, I think we'll see a good amount of action overall. I mean, it's a relatively new phenomenon in the NFL. We're trade deadline day with the deadline now moved back a few years ago. We see way more action now compared to like, what, 10 years ago. Like there is a good amount of activity. Think about all the activity this time last year. If they do do something, to me, it would be for a cornerback. Now, potentially a defensive lineman. I have not heard buzz on a running back. Like, a lot of people have asked me, what about Derrick Henry? It looks like Tennessee, Will Levis starting this weekend. Tennessee waving the white flag. Look at the Titans start to sell off assets with the safety going to Philadelphia. What more is coming from Nashville? I have not heard one single thing, even on this reckless speculation Thursday, one single thing connecting the Vikings 
to Derrick Henry. I've had some other people ask me, hey, what about Dalvin Cook? Right, there was some interest in the Vikings bringing Dalvin back at a pay cut, a significant pay cut. But it's not like the Vikings said, hey, no way, no how. We don't want you, Dalvin. We just want you at a way lesser number. Well, it looks like Brees Hall is the guy with the Jets. What is Dalvin's role with the Jets? Would the Jets trade Dalvin? Would the Vikings have interest? I have not heard that either. But I guess of those two possibilities, like I don't see Derrick Henry landing here. Dalvin, I suppose maybe, but I think it would be more on the defensive side, specifically cornerback. Yeah, I don't think there's any chance that they're going to go at Cook and bring him back because if they do, he's going to be considered a bell cow again. Like, like this, the thing is, they are okay if they use the running backs correctly. This this is more of a coaching thing. This is more of a usage thing than a player thing. Um, and, and I think the way that they distributed the carries on Monday and Akers definitely more of a threat, partially because he can catch the ball consistently in the screen game. So I don't think that's the problem. I do think, again, recklessly speculating completely, dudes, that you might be right. I could see them going and getting a corner. What I can't see them doing is making a big substantial move. Like they're, they've got to negotiate a very fine line here. If you look at the guys that they're about to lose, you can't be given up like a ton of draft picks. So if they're going to contend, which by the way, would be fun, but if they're going to contend and they can improve their secondary a bit, that's awesome. I think they would do that, but I don't think we're talking about what anyone would consider like an all in type of move here. Because when you look at who they're going to probably see walk out the door, and make no mistake, they can't pay everybody. Like, it's just not possible. So so this is a bit of a dance that Quazy's going to have to do to serve the present and probably the Wilfs trying to push to win as much as possible. And also the future as far as what the hell are we going to do when, for instance, Daniil Hunter leaves. You know, so this is a... Um, this is a, uh, it's a sticky situation. It's a tricky one, given what they're facing right now. Absolutely. Fascinating situation, too. So I'm with you, yeah. Like, I don't see an all-in move like, you know, Denver cornerback Patrick Sertan, right? Like, I don't right. see the Vikings giving up their 2024 first-round pick to bring in perhaps the best young cornerback in the game, certainly one of the best young cornerbacks in the game. Would Denver even trade him? Like, I don't see a trade like that happening. I still think some sort of trade is going to happen, but isn't the more likely scenario that the Vikings don't buy, that they sell one of these pending free agents? Like, I still think K.J. Osborne somewhere makes way too much sense. Like, the second the Vikings drafted Jordan Addison, they knew K.J. Osborne was leaving, that K.J. Osborne will not be here in 2024. So if you can recoup some sort of draft pick now, have extra ammo in the 2024 draft. Now, what will it take? Would you move KJ for a fifth-round pick? Do you need more than that? Do you have to yeah, move him to dude, the Brandon AFC, Brandon not the Powell, NFC? Powell's a better player. Okay, so I'm just saying, take? you move KJ, right? There's enough AFC teams that you can make a case need a wide receiver. If you're all about keeping him out of the NFC, that you don't want the chance in January that KJ could come back and haunt you, in a playoff game. So if you feel more comfortable moving him to the AFC, fine. Like you can make a case. The LA Chargers can use a receiver. You can make a case. The Cleveland Browns can use a receiver. The Houston Texans are sort of in it. They could use a receiver. The Indianapolis Colts are sort of in it. I think they could use a receiver. The Chiefs have a lot of receivers, but KJ, I think, is better than a lot of those guys. So you can make a case for the Chiefs. What is the injury situation in Miami? Right? Like, 
Tyreek Hill a little banged up. Jalen Waddle a little banged up. Could Miami use another receiver? Heck, is K.J. Osborne an upgrade over Gabe Davis with the Buffalo Bills? Right? I mean, I put Buffalo down the list. I think Cleveland, some others would be higher, the Chargers. But I'm just saying, if you want to move him to the AFC, not the NFC, I think you can get something for him. The question is, are you willing to part with him if it's just a five? Yeah. Right? Or do you need a four? Yeah. Like, you're not getting a three, I don't think, for K.J. Osborne pending free agent. Mm-hmm. But, no way. No. like, could you get a four? Or are we talking a five or even a six? And if it's only a six or a five, do you just say, no, we're not doing it? Here's here's my question then. Um, if you do trade him, which I don't disagree with, if you do trade him, what's your trust in, I, I believe it was, and he caught a pass, was it Tristan Jackson who was uh, brought up from the practice squad at, for the game on Monday? What's your trust there in case one of your, one of your top, or, uh, well, three, Justin's hurt right now, but let's say Powell goes down. So like that would be the one thing, but 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 if you have the trust in Jackson to replace him, then yes, I think you probably, I think you consider it a four or five. I think you at least consider it. Well, I mean, do you find more opportunities for like a Johnny Munt, right? So bring in the extra tight end, right? I mean, there are different ways. I mean, Nikhil Harry even got some snaps on Monday night, yeah. right? So do they right. still have some sort of opinion of Nikhil Harry? Yeah, Tristan Jackson, you know, has the catch on Monday. So I mean. There are some opportunities for some others. Like, I don't think, like, you're waving the white flag, right? Like, I talk about Tennessee waving the white flag. I don't think if you're the Vikings, you're waving the white flag, regardless, right, of what the depth might be or lack thereof if you move K.J. Osborne come next Monday or Tuesday morning. Yeah, I would. I mean, obviously, when Jefferson comes back and and Addison's your two, the only thing, I mean, K.J. Osborne's a much better blocker than uh, Jordan Addison, which does matter. Like that's that's a that's a big thing in this system. But KJ is a I, good I mean, player. I, like, but they're not going to pay him, right? You yep. have Addison, you have JJ. You're you're not paying Osborne, so it'll be great. I like KJ personally. It'll be fantastic for him. I think he'll hit the jackpot in many ways for you know his situation. He's going to get paid in March. He'll have a bigger yep. role with some team next year, but he's not going to be back here next year. So I'm just saying, if you can get something now. To me, you have to do it. Can we go back to this just for fun? All right. This is, again, this is a safe space, right? Reckless speculation. The Derrick Henry thing. So he's a free agent. The Titans are going nowhere. Excuse me. He's 29 years old. I think we're way past the days where you're trading a first-round pick for a 29-year-old running back. So I, I don't think it would. I'm with Judd. I'm not looking to, like, go too crazy here and now caught in the middle with no draft picks. But I would argue cornerback is the biggest need. I agree. I think the second biggest need to take this offense to the next level even is a running back that can take advantage of how great this Vikings offensive line has been. And I say that, let me bring this to you guys. The Vikings offensive line, according to pro football focus is the number one run blocking offensive line in the NFL through the first seven weeks. Vikings running backs collectively are 30th, according to PFF, in terms of doing their job running the football through the massive holes that are being created. So, and ESPN has the Vikings run blocking as like just fringe top 10. So by both measurements, one of them says, this is an amazingly elite run blocking offensive line and the running backs aren't doing their job. If you brought Derrick Henry in here, I think this running game would go to a completely different level. What would it cost you? Like, are you are you going to have to give up a second round? 
if it's like a day three pick, I'm trading for Derrick Henry and I'm figuring out his prorated $10 million base salary, which I think you have room to absorb anyways. I'm pretty sure the Vikings have some room. Well, they do have some room. I don't know the exact number, but I mean, there's always some cap gymnastics that Rob Brzezinski can do. Sure. If the cost is a day three pick for, to me, a superstar running back, everything you just laid out, all that evidence, Derrick Henry, yes, would help this team a ton. But he's not that guy. I don't know how you're getting him for a day three pick. It's a day two. It's a day two pick. And, and, and I think what would happen is I think if he does get traded, the Titans would actually absorb salary because they don't care at this point to up the draft pick that they get back as compensation. So I bet it's a day two pick. So it'd be, it's a second or a third rounder, right? Yeah, I, I can't, I can't do that. I couldn't do Sorry. that. And I love I don't, him. You know, I do. Dude, he's a, he, he would, he's not the same guy he was a couple yeah. years ago, but yeah. he is a lot better than what the Vikings have. And, and Cam Akers is fine, but can't, let's not, Let's not let the low bar that Alexander Madison has set make us think Cam Akers is a top 10 running back. Cam Akers was available after week one for a reason. He's fine, but. How about finding ways, and it can't be all, you know, every down. How about finding creative ways to use Ty Chandler, though? Like if CJ Ham isn't, like, like, so this is my thing. Kevin O'Connell, I thought on Monday, called a great game. Like he called a really good game. But he's got to call that and the play game designs. More. I mean, just everything yes, about Monday. But I want to see plus. that more. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like part of the problem in in the first in in you know in the one and four start. Part of the problem was the designs weren't as good. And the other thing that we now know for sure, for certain, without question, is this: when Jefferson gets back, the sky's the limit as far as what you can design. Like like it's not going to be like oh my god Jefferson's back Addison can no longer get the football. You got to create confusion. You got to line guys up in the backfield. You got to design chaos. Yes, yes you got to create. Yes, you got to create offensive chaos for for Football. the defense to not know what the hell is going on. So, like that's my thing. Like Ty Chandler, I'm sorry, and I get if he can't block, he should never play on third down. You know, do not play him on third down. Okay, put a big put a big thing on his chest that says I can't play on third down. But but my God, have we not seen enough of athletic ability in a burst to say? Okay, yeah. there's room. Like, like here's my here's my bar. What would Andy Reid do? Find a, that's my find, bar. Find a role. Find a role. Yes, right. He's not going to say, "Well, that guy can't play on third down, and therefore he will not play." Yeah. Well, so I would say they're working that. through that, right? Like, it is on Kevin O'Connell's list of things to do on a weekly basis. Let patient. me find a way to get Ty Chandler at least a few touches. Yes, yeah. we can debate that those touches should be more than. A few, but yes, I think the solution is more so internally. Yes, it's using Acres maybe a bit more, using Chandler a bit more. That it's not going and getting a running back, especially if the cost is a day two pick. Like you just you can't do that. You can't. And I'd be shocked if they did. The Vikings have two running backs now. Now that Kane Wangu is back, two two running backs that ran a four three forty yard dash at the NFL Combine not that long ago. Ty Chandler and Kane Wangu. Find something for those guys, right? Well, I mean, I mean that's the other one, right? I mean, now that Wang Wu is back as the kick returner, so you know maybe there's only one or two opportunities per game to actually return a kick, right? But Ty Chandler no longer the kick returner, but yeah, I mean that would be another possibility, right? Find a way to use Kane. I mean, yeah. he's active, right? I mean, he's your kick returner. You can use him in offensive sets, so maybe mm-hmm. that's an idea. I just think internally is the way to go. 
Everything you laid on, I get it. But I think it's still internal that they can solve those issues. Now, on JJ, I'm still led to believe that it's more so November, not December. Like, it may not be the New Orleans game on November 12th. Wait and see exactly where the hamstring is at on Monday, November 6th, after the game in Atlanta. But, like, maybe soon thereafter. Like, maybe the Denver game on the 19th, right? But, like, I'm led to believe it's more so November, not December for Jefferson. So does the team's success potentially, um, and if they win, of course, at Green Bay on Sunday, they're going to be 4-4. Four and four. Does that speed up Jefferson's return a bit? Or, or does Addison's, you know, if he continues to look great, does that allow them to be more patient? Because the thing is, I totally buy that, as O'Connell said in his press conference yesterday, you want J.J. back as soon as possible, yes. And he wants to be back, right? So if anything, and, they need to protect him from his right, self. Yeah, I mean, yeah, as tricky an injury as there is. I mean, but he wants to be back out there November 12th, I can promise you. He wants you to play against the Saints on November 12th. I, I agree, yeah. So, I mean, yes, to some extent, right? Like, if you're 4-4 four and four, or, you know, 5-4 and four after the Atlanta game, does that buy you maybe a little bit more time? Yes, I mean, I think that absolutely is a factor. But I'm just telling you from the J.J. perspective, like, he's back out there mid-November. Like, he's back out there as soon as possible. He wants to play. He wants to put up numbers. He's not all about, just because of the contractual situation, sitting out an extended period, anything like that. I can promise you, he wants to be back out there as soon as possible. Hey, Dalton Reisner has been pretty good in the in the snaps that he's played, started his first game in place of Cleveland. Um, Ezra Cleveland, before the injury, was having, by all measurements, that, that would be available via some of these websites, PFF, ESPN, even iTest. He's having probably the best season of his career at left guard. Ed Ingram has been better at right guard, certainly, than he was a year ago. Uh, what do you do when you have three potentially solid options at starting guard and only two guard positions here? Wasn't Cleveland back limited at practice yesterday, too? Yeah, so although it was more a walkthrough. Like, it wasn't yeah. a full-fledged practice. So we'll get a better feel later today. My understanding is there's still some swelling, some soreness with the foot. So with that still in play, like, do you put Ezra out there on Sunday at Lambeau? Like, I'd like to think I don't know the answer. I'd love to tell you I know the definitive answer right this second. I don't. But I have a hard time believing the way Reisner played on Monday with Ezra's foot not 100%. Like, to me, Reisner needs to be in the lineup on Sunday at Lambeau. Yep. yep. Any other Viking play. stuff, Judd? No, let's move on to your let's move on let's, to your club, Phil. Let's, let's well, do I'll give that you one more. We... I'll give you one more that's, that's interesting. Oh, I think so there's I some confusion. Oh, <laughs> I think there's some confusion... <laughs> with Makai Blackman, that he goes from, yeah, he dropped that INT, but he was in position to pick off yeah. Patrick Mahomes a couple mm-hmm. Sundays ago to literally not playing on Monday. Like, he wasn't out there for a snap on Monday. Mm-hmm. And that's fine. Andrew Booth Jr., it appears, is playing okay, although I didn't like his effort on the McCaffrey 30 something year touchdown. But overall, Booth has been fine, gave some separation on a third down throw in Chicago. But for the most part, if you analyze his 40 to 50-ish snaps the last two weeks, Booth Jr. Mm -hmm. has been pretty darn good. But I think there's some confusion why exactly Blackman went from getting a good amount of snaps late September, early October, to now literally not getting one snap. So, you know, just something to keep an eye on there that, that I think there's just some confusion there why Blackman isn't playing literally at all right now. 
Yeah, and that could change at some point. Oh, of course, it can change snap of the fingers. I mean, hey, look at Ivan Pace Jr., right? I mean, his snaps have been minimal the last couple weeks. Josh Metellus told me in the locker room late Monday night after the game against the Niners that, hey, I played more a linebacker tonight than I've played all year, right? So we're still seeing some moving parts with this defense. Yeah. All right, before we keep going here on Scoops, a shout-out to our friends at Summit Orthopedics. So if you're... If you're dealing with any type of pain, I don't know, maybe you're a left guard who's dealing with a foot problem, whatever it may be, knees, shoulders, Summit Orthopedics can help you. No referrals are needed, and they offer same-day appointments. If you're really hurting, they offer walk-in orthopedic urgent care seven days a week from 8 a.m. to 8 p.m., 25 locations in the Twin Cities and greater Minnesota, and over 150 expert physicians and physical therapists. You can learn more at summitortho.com, summitortho.com. Also, over at scorenorth.com slash shop, we have a collectibles wing of our website where you can get your hands on some. It's it's. I, we went out to like uh, Home Depot in a couple places this last weekend. There's all sorts of Christmas and holiday things out on the shelves. You got to be thinking about gift ideas in a couple months here. Why not uh, grab, for instance, you can see it on the YouTube channel, a Matt Boldy signed jersey here. There's all sorts of amazing cool. things for Gift ideas, man cave, basement, whatever it may be. You could even buy a gift for Judd, which is what Birthday's he really is coming up November thirteenth. That would look and and then the holidays. There's endless opportunities to shower me with gifts. Yeah. Guys, buy Judd a gift at <laughs> scornorth.com slash shop. My friends are on the show here. I mean, let's start with you guys and and then you can set the tone. Like yeah, I'd like okay. some more stuff. I can replace some of that. I'll go buy you something. I'll use the promo code SCORE, S-K-O-R, to get 10% off at checkout. Thank Thanks you. to our friends at Universal Sports Auctions. All these crazy alien stories can't be true, can they? Hey, it's Stephen Diener, host of the Unidentified Alien Podcast. And whether you're new to the conversation or have been looking into it for years, you need to check out the fastest growing alien show out there, the Unidentified Alien Podcast, or UAP for short. There's a crazy amount of alien encounter stories out there from all over the world. And the beauty of it is that I bring them all to you and let you decide what you believe. Download and subscribe to UAP on any of the major podcasting platforms. And you can also find it on UAPpodcast.com. Dukes, I don't know, man. Like, I test, it looked weird and clunky again last night for the Timberwolves. It's also the first game of the season. It's a weird place that they rarely win in Toronto. And then on the flip side, I would say, boy, they held a team in their home building to 97 points, shot 34% themselves, barely lost. I don't know. Should we freak out after the first Wolves game? No, I wouldn't freak out. I mean, I was bummed that Jordan McLaughlin didn't play. So shot oh, yeah. selection was an issue. Think about the guy that creates, to me, the best shot opportunities on the team. It's pass first, Jordan McLaughlin. Now, if you want to argue Mike Conley okay. Jr., fine. But like Jordan McLaughlin should have played at some point last night. So that, to me, was very disappointing. I thought Cat like, missed eight threes. I thought for the most part of the eight misses, most were pretty good looks. So, I mean, I think they're going to shoot better like I don't think yeah. Anthony Edwards is going to miss that many shots most nights I think shot selection though absolutely needs work early on they got beat up on the offensive glass right gave up too many second chance points transition defense was wonky but overall no not concerned but if you look at like the next few weeks Glenn Taylor told me this when we spoke on Monday that there's a heavy emphasis on a fast start that after 10 or 15 games, they'd like to be 10 and 5 or 11 and 4. 
Well, okay, you drop one that was a toss-up game. So where do you now make that up in the next couple weeks? Now, to me, you win on Saturday. Miami's playing on Friday. They play tomorrow. So you get Miami. That's a favorable schedule matchup where you get Miami on the second of a back-to-back, right? So you should win on Saturday. But I guess there's no guarantees, but should beat the Heat on Saturday to get to 1-1. One and one, But then you've got Denver here next week. So maybe that's the game you make up. Go beat Denver next week. But no, overall, no, I'm not. I'm not overly concerned. I mean, they were in that game. Ket had a good look with under two minutes to go from three that would have cut it to one possession, right? And and you just laid it all out, you know, shooting whatever they did from the field. They haven't shot that poorly in years. They were a top 10 defense last year. I expect them to be a top 10 defense this year. The question is for them to be a 48 to 52 win team, you probably also need to be a top 10 offense. And so if you want to say, okay, last night offers concerns about the ability of this team being a top 10 offense, fine. They also missed Jaden McDaniels, right? Jaden should yeah. be back as soon as Saturday, but you take Jaden McDaniels out of the lineup last night. So no, I'm not overly concerned, but I just wonder if you look at the first 10 to 15 games, what is the pathway to a 10 and five, 11 and four type start? You now need to make up a win somewhere along the way, which they're fully capable of doing. So um, question about Cat and Gobert, who I, and I, I know things went sideways last season, Cat um, was sick at the start of the season, and and then of course got hurt, missed substantial time. How? What's the expectation here um, as far as the length of time it's going to be determined how well they can play together, if they can? You know, I tweeted it out last night. I didn't realize it at the time, but there, uh, right before Cat and Gobert connected on uh, on a lob pass from Cat, there was another play where Cat. I thought he just took a terrible shot, but he was trying to, uh, I think, orchestrate a lob pass to Gobert, and Gobert just, like, didn't react. So, like, what, for bo- both of you guys, what's the timetable here for this thing beginning to, like, definitively work itself out? Or you start to say, this just might not work? Phil, do you want to go first? Yeah. Um, I think with almost any basketball team that hasn't been, like, together for a long time, I think the first two months of the season are really hard to gauge mm-hmm. for a bunch of different reasons. So now I'm probably not going to be patient on every episode of this podcast and flagrant house. I will probably lose my, you know what, if they lose to bad teams again, whatever, but I don't think you can start to make full conclusions until you get to like Christmas or maybe early January. Also, I think even if it's clunky and doesn't work perfectly, there's still enough talent that they're going to win games and be in the mix playing. They're going to be like in that six to 10 mix, even if they're not gelling together. And then you've got the trade deadline to do something. I mean, I think if it's not really working that well, you're on like Carl Anthony Towns, Rudy Gobert trade watch starting in early February. So they've, and they've got outs here. Like people made such a big deal a year and a half ago about, oh, the Gobert trade was the final move. There's nothing else you can possibly do, and that's not true. You've, you've got Anthony Edwards, Jade McDaniels, Nas Reed as guys in their early 20s under contract. You've got, you've got interesting play. I think, dude, Leonard Miller at some point is going to get some run. Absolutely. And that could be a really interesting piece. So Josh Minot is other... also at least a rotational guy. Maybe not a starter, yep. but he can be a top yeah, nine type guy. Moves. So they have some guys. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I, I mean, I even months. wonder about Wendell we'll Moore Jr., although, you know, I need to see a lot more. But, yes, Leonard Miller, Josh Minot, like, yes, Leonard Miller maybe more so, but Minot certainly a top-nine rotation guy. So 
yes, they have some outs. I'm with you, Phil. Like, we probably can't formulate strong takes, strong opinions until Christmas time. But then it's a tiny window, Christmas to the trade deadline. I don't have the specific date of the trade deadline in February right here in front of me. Maybe, Declan, you can look that up. But it's usually, what, like February 8th, February 10th, February 12th? I got it. Okay, so. Feb 9, Feb 9. Feb 9, there we go. So it's a tiny amount of time, December 25th to February 9th. But yes, they have some outs. But yeah, depending on where they are, let's say on January 15th or January 31st or February 2nd, yes, absolutely, we will absolutely have to be on trade a big man watch. Maybe more so Cat than Gobert. And you think about that contract, maybe that's more so a summer move, not a trade deadline move. But at that point, yes, we would have to be on mm-hmm. on lookout for, for something like that. But like you look at the Western Conference last night, look at what OKC did at Chicago. And I get it. Maybe Chicago is not even a top 10 team in the Eastern Conference. That Chicago needs to blow things up. But OKC goes into Chicago, wins by 20. You know, I'm not sure about Sacramento doing what they did last year, but when Harrison Barnes makes the shots that he made last night, Sacramento controlled that game throughout in Utah, not the easiest place to play. So Sacramento looked good. Last night, you think about Phoenix winning the other night without Bradley Beal at Golden State, right? Denver looked as good as ever in the opener. And I get it, like relatively small sample size, very small sample size, not relatively, right? Like one game. But you just, you look at the Western Conference, New Orleans, can Zion stay on the court? But New Orleans looked really good last night. So you think about it, like the Western Conference, it's just, it's it's not slowing down. It is such a a bear. It really is, right? And I'm not sure what Dallas is going to be, but when Luka plays like he did last night, you know, maybe Dallas can get to 45-ish wins. I'm just saying, the Western Conference, oh, man alive. The Clippers, I get it. Portland, probably the worst team in the Western Conference, so it's not like the Clippers were, were challenged big time last night, but can Paul George and Kawhi Leonard stay healthy? If they do, like how good are the Clippers? I'm just saying, you go up and down the Western Conference, there are so many good teams. Uh, Dudes, give us uh, one last trip through your scoops bag here. What else do you have in there before we wrap this up? Sure, so Gophers football Saturday, Huntington Bank Stadium against the Michigan State Spartans. The Vikings and New Orleans Saints will have scouting representation when we think about Tyler Newbin, Gopher safety, perhaps a first-round pick come April, certainly a top-50 pick, certainly some other NFL prospects to keep an eye on between the Gophers and Spartans, and we once again can have the conversation, Phil. Is there a pathway to the Gophers winning the Big Ten West? As weak as it is, could we see the Gophers in the Big okay. Ten championship oh, game we need Iowa in to, early I December? Not. They're losing to Ohio State, so we need Iowa to pick up another loss well, in I mean, there, and they have a really weak schedule. They do, but like 11 yards in the second half on Saturday, Deacon I Hill, know, you mean to tell me the Hawkeyes can't do better than Deacon Hill at quarterback? I Think Iowa loses again? I mean, I get the schedule is super favorable. The Gophers control their destiny now, but Ohio State looms. They're going to lose to Ohio State. So they they would need Iowa to lose to Northwestern, Rutgers, Illinois. Those are all home games. Well, Rutgers and Illinois, I mean, those aren't like guaranteed wins. At Nebraska, they could lose there, too. They could lose there. Well, then you you have the chattering Lincoln of Nebraska, right? We're having this chatter now here in the Twin Cities. Trust me, the chatter is existing in Lincoln and the entire state of Nebraska 
about the possibility of Nebraska winning the Big Ten West. Hey, Dukes, the problem is this. The Vikings and the Saints are, are going to be scouting th- this game. You forgot one team. The Michigan Wolverines are going to be scouting this game. <laughs> Stealing all of our They signals, already played the creating, Gophers and Spartans. Yeah, Creating an impossible. No, Big Ten championship game. Oh, good point. Yeah. Big Ten championship game. They're going to steal our signals again. We're screwed. I love it. I love all these stories coming out now, too. Like this guy standing next to the coaches on the sidelines, you know, elbowing them like, oh, man. Well, you know, and along these lines, I forgot to mention it last week or even on Tuesday. So the Gophers, if you remember, last week it was sort of nice, right? You wouldn't remember it looking outside right now here in the Twin Cities or thinking about the possibility of, of some snowflakes on Saturday. But the week leading into the Iowa game, it was pretty nice out. Like the Gophers could have practiced outside. They, by design, moved their practices indoors because there's that apartment building. If you've ever been on campus, the Gophers outdoor practice facility, there's an apartment yep. building that overlooks the practice field. Mm-hmm. Kirk Ferentz. There's no house. actual evidence that Iowa has tried to watch practice, you know, grab some notes, whatever, have somebody in one of those apartments, but. I guess the Gophers were spooked enough, right? I had somebody verbalize this to me that, hey, we just felt like the right thing to do was to move practice indoors the week of the Iowa game. I love college football. And it works. Hey, they won. It works. I love college football. Mm -hmm. I'm stealing all the signals right now. Oh, I got it all, PJ. I got it all. And I'll tell you, I've told you guys, I've told these guys the story. Jim, Jim Harbaugh is one of the most, like, paranoid, crazy coaches anyways. And our guy, Alex Boone, uh, who joins us every week on Purple Daily Trenches with Boone, he played for, I don't know, five or five years with four or five years, Harbaugh in San Francisco. And this is this is sort of the opposite of like he's the one that makes people paranoid with, with what they're doing at Michigan. But on the flip side, uh, when the Niners would travel to Seattle back in the day, like 10 years ago, Harbaugh was convinced that the Seahawks and Pete Carroll had their hotel bugged, like their hotel conference rooms and stuff. And so he would at least on one occasion he would he brought the group together and he's like and he's like let a whisper hey everything i say for the next 15 minutes is don't just ignore it just ignore it it's to throw him off <laughs> so he operates in this just paranoid world we better scout their signals before they get to ours right just insane i don't know where it's going to land for him but now we know why the Gophers lost to Michigan, at least. Okay, I'd like a redo yep. with some yep. different signs on the sidelines. That's a twenty-seven twenty-one win without the hundred percent of the signs. <laughs> so there it is, reckless speculation Thursday. A scoop session with our guy Darren Doogie Wolfson. Reckless speculation. All right, boys. Good stuff, dudes. Thanks Always. We'll talk uh, on Halloween. Appreciate you coming in. Yep. Here. See you soon. Okay. All right. Yep. We'll see you on Halloween. See ya. All right, that's a wrap. Minnesota sports with Mackie, Judd, and Jim Harbaugh's binoculars.